Welcome to Be On Purpose with Anita and Gail. We strive to create a positive and rejuvenating space for you to learn, share and grow. Our conversations are about the things that make life sweet, sometimes challenging and always interesting. We hope to make you smile, give you pause for thought, broaden your experience, but most importantly, empower you to live your life on purpose. Hello and welcome back, our wonderful listeners, to our Be On Purpose podcast. And this episode, we are calling Sisters for Life. And we have one of our actual um, sisters with us. When I say actual sisters, we'll go into more detail of what a sisterhood is, because that's what we're talking about today. So I'd just like to welcome our sister, Tony. Welcome, Tony. Hello. Hi. Are you all right? Yes, I am. She's so cute, guys. She's so cute. So cute. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. And we're going to be talking about, um, well, just that really, Sisters for Life. And I know, Anita, you um, will talk to us a little bit about stats and things a little bit like just a little bit of stats. But really, we've touched on in our podcast before the sisterhood that we have of um, our Teak sisterhood, which is Tony, Ellen, Anita and Karen. And the sisterhood that we've formed from our biological sisterhood has given birth to (laughs) an exciting expansion of that sisterhood, which we're going to talk about that and the reasons why maybe that's not that's not the norm for many others, Anita. Would you would you agree with that? Mm, Yes. Um, Yeah, I think it's a very it's a very interesting topic that we're covering today. Uh, Female relationships, I suppose, are. Mm um one's an area in which a lot of women struggle for a variety of reasons and the examples that you have talked about um in our friendship circles and our experience um are ones that we value but 60 percent of women say that they are distrustful of other females because of past experiences Mm. um and that's that's from a quote a quote from the uh, the twisted sisterhood um, mm. And I think what we want to kind of get into here is why are those experiences amongst um, women generally, but particularly uh, black women, um, such that we struggle to maintain um, connections with other women when we know that actually that can provide a really supportive and nourishing network, as we've experienced with our are mm. tried and true, true circle. So um, now, hang on. You've mentioned you've mentioned tried and true circle here, Nita. For for those of us outside of that <laughs> that circle, the tried and true circle. What is that? What is that? Yeah, Tony. What are you? Because I think Tony was the one who gave us the uh, the breakdown of tea. Yes, very first episode when we had our sisters on. So why don't you tell tell our listeners about the tried and true? The tried and true is a collection of amazing women um, mm-hmm. who have known each other through the, you know quite a, a long section of life really we've kind of grown together in many ways and um, it was never intended to be you know just not, not a club or anything but it's just a group of us <laughs> that, <laughs> that seem to have 
stuck together through thick and thin over, I'd say, the best part of a couple of decades now. Um, mm. Bonded together. There's even some sisters, two groups of sisters within that sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it got labelled the tried and true because it's a space where we get together and there's never any judgment. We celebrate each other. We assist each other in various aspects of our lives. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a really positive space. Very think, nourishing. Very, very nourishing. That is the word, Gail, nourishing. And I think you've touched on some really key elements of what makes that friendship circle so special, that support, that um, celebration of each other, you mm. know, really being there for each other in, in, in times where things are not good and knowing you've got that support from them, but also knowing that when stuff is going great for you, you've got a set of people that are just as happy for your success as mm-hmm. you are. And they're, mm-hmm. they're there to celebrate it. Um, and as much as we have in common, I think there's also space for and room made for people's individuality. Right. And I think another really special thing about this group is that we share a lot in common. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's drawn, uh, drawn us together. But actually, we do bring really unique gifts into mm-hmm. the space of our friendship. Um, and room is made for that there's no expectation that we will just because we all hang out together and 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 spend time together that we then become this amalgus mass of the same person you know what mm, I mean mm. yeah that's that's actually a really interesting point that you made these you're quite right I'd say I'd say there may even be more differences um sort of even personality wise and in terms of interest wise than there are in common in many ways but I think the thing that you have in common that is the most important thing and that we're going to discuss, which is so rare, is the fact that we are a group of women trying to lift up each other, each other and yeah. celebrate each other and, and applauding the differences within each other. We're not we're all very different, mm-hmm. but we but our differences complement each other. Mm. And I think it's the other thing that comes to mind as well as you were talking there is just respecting those differences and not. The other thing is not not expecting us to be all the same and doing the same thing. And when we, you know, when we do spend time together, it may physical time together, it may well be that a couple of us are over here reading a book and a couple of us are going on a walk and a couple of us are doing whatever. And there's no, there's no, oh, I can't even think of the word. There's expectation. There's, there's no. Fine. It's, it's fine. fine it's just so fine it's just and it's so fine and it's not like oh I can't believe I can't believe she's not coming for a walk or I can't believe she doesn't want to read a book or, it's, it's just not even spoken not even there's no, it's no effort and I don't mean that in a kind of it's it's effortless it's an effortless beautiful nourishing oh I love I love our space I love it because there's no you know sometimes you have um you have some experiences or some relationships that drain and you have to maybe um gear yourself up for spending gear, thank you I was trying to think <laughs> you have to have to really gear yourself up or even allocate time and then you know okay I I, I need to I need to not that that's it's not the it's not the case there's never there's never any there's never enough time is there really we're always just like oh because it's just nourishing it's it's a beautiful beautiful um space and i think what um what we get, we're maybe going on to talk about is that going into other spaces particularly female spaces and expecting that mm-hmm. 
and not finding it was a real kind of sharp a sharp shock yeah a sharp shock it's like oh you you're not celebrating it oh you're suspicious of me and oh you you don't you don't like that I'm speaking my mind or and mm-hmm. that's where I think the tried and true came came from because I think as we got older we realized we'd tried other things <laughs> tried mm. other spaces and perhaps had been burnt in in some some disappointing ways so um yeah I think one of the other ways that um or the, the names that we have for this group which I think really encapsulates that celebration of each other is the beacons that's that's another another way <laughs> we've described our group is the be or has been described as the beacons it depends on what whatsapp group you're in you know <laughs> but anyway um name the beacons really um i think gives that visual representation of we are everyone's light is amplified there is there is an intentional um that in that space there is an intention to ensure that everybody's light is you don't need to dim your light Mm -hmm. because your the light that you're shining however bright it is does not reduce the light of another person's light and so we are all able to shine as bright as we want and and you know that your sister is there polishing your lamp if necessary yes. because she wants your light to be as bright as it can be because mm-hmm. she knows you are trying to make sure her light is as mm-hmm. bright as it can be and there is no requirement for you to dim that to make somebody else feel better mm-hmm. even if their light may not be shining that bright that day that's that, that is time mm-hmm. um, and one of the other things i just wanted to talk because there's another group of women that um I have uh, a, another real nourishing uh, space relationship with. And that one of the things when I was talking with a friend of mine who is also in that friendship group, was like, well, what makes what makes this group so special? Um, and it was a real bit of a, aha, well, of course, there, there's an ability with those women. And I think this is true for the, the tried and true as well, to be your absolute self mm. unapologetically. And, and as part of that, you know shining your light is I suppose connected to that in a way but I think as women and particularly as black women a lot of times when we walk in the world we have so many faces we need to carry the mm. so many codes we need to you know the code switching in a workspace that you need to speak a certain way be a certain way look a certain way carry yourself a certain way in different spaces in different um, arenas different organizations whatever it is um and as as exhausting as that is um it is really refreshing sometimes to just be your authentic naked unapologetic self in uh, a group of women and for them to get you yes and accept you and you don't have to explain yourself Mm -hmm. you can set down every bag that you carry I'm, I'm hearing that Erica Badu song. Magalina. <laughs> you go hurt your back. It's, it's a physically relieving space when you walk it and you feel like you can set down all yes. of the other, whether it's your mother mantle, whether it's your manager mantle, whether it's your, you know, what your professional mantle that you can, whatever, all mm-hmm. those other cloaks that we have to put on every single day, as whether it's our roles, our, you know, whatever it is. You can just lay them down and just put on your pajamas <laughs> and lay back and eat some crisps <laughs> and a pot of ice cream if necessary, a gin and tonic if available, 
and all is well. Three thousand percent, Nate. Three thousand percent, and I and I think Tony, you'll agree. Most of <laughs> most of our gatherings are in our pajamas, right? They're in our pajamas, and there's there's always food, always food related things. May not be meals necessarily, but we mm. will we will make a meal out of some breadsticks, some chips, some dips, cheese, some cheese, chutney, <laughs> chutney. I mean olives, anti pasties, some fruit of grapes. Of grapes, yeah, of grapes. Charcuterie board. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, you know what is it? There's, there's no judgment. There's no, there's no questioning of your, like, there's no second questioning of yourself. You can be your absolute, that's so true, Anita, your absolute, bare, vulnerable self. And it's okay. And I think there, there have been, unfortunately, there is a, there is a narrative that um you know women historically haven't necessarily been able to or have held space for women in that way where when you show a level of vulnerability unfortunately it's seen as a weakness mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. there's a, there, there are particularly in kind of workspaces and things and we'll talk a little bit more about specific workspaces but the level of competition that has been set up for us in certain spaces sometimes mm. means that we don't see another female as a sister. We see her as competition or somebody. Speak on it, girl. We're here. Let's speak on it. <laughs> we, let's, uh, let's speak on this survival over sisterhood uh, element. That, yeah. Uh, it, well, I mean, I had, sorry. yeah, to, to jump, jump straight through to that. Um, as an actor, I know specifically, um, I mean, I, our roles are literally called typecasting. So I have a particular look. So if I'm going for a casting or I'm going for an audition and I go into the room, there are 10 or 15 versions of me. And so I think it is cha- It is changing though. And there is kind of a um, definitely a shift, I think as, as there is globally about mindset and about understanding that the best person will get the job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, one would hope. Um, but naturally, if you see somebody who looks like you, you have got to, excuse me, you've got to almost up your game or you don't necessarily want to get too pally-pally with the person. They may think you're trying to get points or, 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 or pointers as to what they try so you can know what not to try, what to try, et cetera. And so that level of distrust that, mm-hmm. is, that is fostered in, in that space doesn't really lend itself well for, for a safe space of sisterhood, I think. And, and, um, uh, we'll we'll perhaps put this in the show notes. I was talking to Anita about a Gab Union, a Gabrielle Union um, idea when she was talking about Hollywood. Mm. No, I'm not in Hollywood yet. I'm not in Hollywood yet, obviously, yeah. but uh, it's just 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 a matter of time. Um, but she was talking about the fact that there was a time in the '90s where there was a certain set of four or five black women, and that was it. If there was a role in uh, in a movie that needed the sassy black sister or the sassy black uh, friend or whatever there was only one of five women and they really they soon realized that the industry itself was trying to it was weaving this kind of web around them where they would go to each one of them and undercut and see who would take the cheapest fee Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and then they would go with it and it was only in only in um, in going through and this is I'll have to look it up and and please forgive me Gabrielle Union if you're listening if I'm not (laughs) But it was in her, it was in her, um, she said that it was only in her going 
and speaking all of these women spoke with each other and breaking that code almost of we don't speak to each other we're in competition with each other when they spoke to each other they were like oh hang on a minute oh hell no we're not gonna be (laughs) pitted against each other in this way and there's that thing of performative um representation where we've we've got a black person actually we don't need any more and so if you as you if you are that black person perhaps you are defensive of that space you're defensive to hold that space yeah yeah but in breaking down that um that they were able to say okay well listen when so and so calls us we will call you and find out what it is that they offered you and make sure that you get your money and make sure that i get whatever else and and that Mm -hmm. sisterhood was born out of them breaking that silence of competition really and that survival mentality I don't know if that really that was that did that that's really a, that is a really good example actually of because I guess at the core of what we're talking about in terms of that survival over sisterhood mentality is um operating in a spirit of threat and competition mm. and I suppose you know as long as that is maintained mm. whether it's by the industry society as a whole whatever you the only way that that can be broken is by the people that are in that space having mm-hmm. open and honest conversation. conversations what having, like a like a beyond purpose podcast you mean Anisha yeah, those lines. um but I suppose acting is a really good a uh, good um stage ah, see what I've done there. it's a good mm-hmm. stage to, mm-hmm. to see how that plays out but I'm sure in other professional spaces as well um that concept does also still ring true be interested to hear from your experiences if at all um tony in in healthcare whether i mean obviously not the same thing in terms of there's only one black midwife I, i'm assuming <laughs> you don't have that quota going on but just in terms of how you see uh mentorship uh and leadership development opportunities for other um as, as you as you progress within your professional career it's uh, I would imagine a very predominantly female uh profession yes um it is it is yeah very predominantly female um and I think at a certain level where everybody goes in at, you know the, the, the band five level um you know, everyone tries to get their six and, and it's all pretty much of an even field but as you go up that ladder there's less and less positions for your sevens and your eights so there is a lot of kind of side-eyeing when that seven job comes out because maybe there might be 20 people that want to go for the one role and it, it can get a little bit um it can get a little bit fraught shall we say in the workplace and people will be talking about what well, this person's more qualified and that person should get it so it it, it can get like that um what I was thinking was interesting going back to what you were talking about before about um, space for you know women's space and having to fight for spaces and being pitted against each other. I've been watching a lot of period pieces lately, so uh, have you indeed? Are you about to quote Bridgerton, Tony? <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not about to quote Bridgerton. But what <laughs> On this occasion, <laughs> what it has made me reflect upon is the fact that number one, spaces for women to do anything of great value going back for years was very very minimal Mm. um and then also women of all the different societies from the lowest to the highest level their main goal was to establish themselves to be marriage worthy because that was all that they could do they they weren't 
that was their status that was mm. how a woman was measured was what type of husband could you marry so from the time that they were younger especially in higher society every woman was your competition because when you went to then the seasons mm. and you went to the parties you can't be making friends with other women because you're trying you're all trying to secure the best husband mm. so I feel like even if you remove you know there's the race element there's you know there's career elements but I think women in general have their spaces have been so small what they're allowed to take up what they have been allowed to take up in the past that we've constantly been fighting for that tiny tiny space mm. and there's been no room to decide that I want to be friends with with another woman because you just you, you literally fighting for survival it's like the survival thing all you had was to secure your husband and then that would secure your future and that, yeah and that's such a good, a good point because so much of that although we'd like to think that we have moved and we have moved on we've moved on a lot from from those period period pieces, from bridgerton um, from bridgerton yes from those stories it's actually Sad. poldark poldark i've been watching that <laughs> Yeah, right, Tony. All right, I was I was definitely hearing some some uh, smatterings of uh, the uh, the Duke of Hastings there. That was, was that was definitely Duke worthy. But I mean, we also have Downton, of course, is the is the uh, standard mm. the standard that we started with. But I think there are still some of there's still some of that classism that that kind of patriarchy is that the, the ripples are still being felt in in our society now. And I think. Um, I'd be really interested to get to the conversation. We're talking about sisterhood. I'd be interested to get to, to the conversation about, about church life because that culturally mm. uh, is, when you were talking about that competition thing, Tony, there is, there's an element of that still, I felt, I think felt in within, within the church community, whichever church you denomination you are, I would imagine it's very similar that um, we're kind of trait. Tra- can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you're you're almost trained to be a particular kind of woman, and so other women are seen automatically as competition. I mean, I'm I'm happy to be challenged on that, but um, my lived experience <laughs> is is kind of is kind of along those lines. Yeah, I I, I would agree to some extent, and I think the the uh, the church environment is definitely one of those where I would say I feel there's an ex- there is a an element of performative sisterhood in that um, there's a there's an outward appearance of I mean we physically call each other sister whoever you know the, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that's the name that we give each other which gives an appearance of sisterhood however um, there is still a very a very different class to some degree that women hold in in church hierarchy mm-hmm. i mean they're still we're, we're still discussing whether or not women are allowed to you know lead churches i mean and that varies from denomination to denomination i appreciate that and and some are a little further on that journey than others but you know mm-hmm. we are still actually having that conversation in some in some denominations as to whether or not a woman is worthy to be a pastor a leader uh you know to be able to hold that that level that of office. Mm-hmm. of leadership within a church organization you know so if if we're still at, if we're still having those sorts of conversations it's not it's not too far to to see that there may not be the spaces developed within um 
church organizations to truly support women for women so Mm -hmm. women's women's ministry I know is something that we (laughs) we have uh what do you you, you think about women's ministry Tony (laughs) what's your thoughts I feel as though (laughs) (laughs) I feel as though a lot of women's ministry is not (laughs) representing the women for which it is intending to minister to. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Say more. You, say more, please. I feel as though. <laughs> um, with the best, with the with the best of intentions. Um, I don't think enough effort is gone into um, the the youth of today and even the women of today it's not just sort of you know younger women I think women as a whole are evolving but I feel that the um the principles and the the processes that are in place to to allow this women's ministries to take place are very much rooted in a in a different day and age mm-hmm. And it's set, and I think it's set up to to support that. Now, there's nothing wrong inherently with a lot of the um, the women's ministries pro- programs and um, and things that are set up. And of course, there are some hugely uh, most of my most of my childhood friends are still from from church. So church sisterhoods, um, I certainly know I wouldn't be here without it. But um, I, I would agree with you, Tony. In terms of women's ministries, a lot of from my experience, a lot of the the focus is really on the older generation, and the the premise is to prepare you to be a support generally to be the best kind of support you can for the male roles, the the house the homemaker, the um, you know the virtuous women, the the the, the, virtu- the women of virtue was is one that comes to mind. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. There's nothing wrong with being virtuous. There's nothing wrong with all of that. But if if you are only catering for that that lane of of women, you have a whole sisterhood who is unseen, unheard, and and all of the things that we're talking about in terms of putting down those shackles and being able to be vulnerable and to be able to be served actually to be represented to be represented to be represented yeah. um i think women's ministries definitely needs to have sorry to cut you girl but it, just um to to reiterate the point that you're making of misrepresentation or lack of representation what all the things you've described i would say is one small country lane of the women that are represented because they are represented but we have three lane <laughs> well it is it's, if you look at percentages i'd say i'd say churches as a whole would that be a country lane and you, there's many many more types of women and i think there should be more of a panel of women on a women's ministries board rather than a women's ministries leader i think there should be a panel of women because it's, it's so di- we're so diverse as a group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. And that diversity, I think, um, is also potentially um, where we where we have historically struggled to to come together. Mm. So 
Um, I know there's there's been many a conversation in, in various spaces recently around the the black and white female um, relationship and why that still remains so fraught um, and so so problematic in terms of um, on, I suppose there's a there's an expectation that when you look at this from from a racial perspective that we should have almost unequivocal support from white women because they have an understanding of being women as a collective have an understanding of being less than in all the ways that we've just described societally historically all of those things and so the elevation the, number one the understanding and the empathy of what that means to be um discriminated against because as a woman you have that experience is something that you should then be able to to use as a platform to empathize with any groups that are being discriminated which is why there is i guess that really um grating feeling that many black women have when they have experienced discrimination by by white women specifically because there is that almost expectation of you you should have me we have this commonality of feminine feminine we mm -hmm. as females we mm -hmm. should be able to have that common base of understanding of being discriminated against and yet here you go finding mm. a reason a reason to be um trying to one-up me and i think sometimes with women being that is as black women you're a minority minority so you you already got you've got your blackness but then you've got your femaleness okay. which puts you almost in an in another set of clawing your way out which i don't know whether that feeds this fear this, this these destructive behaviors that mm -hmm. don't allow us to support each other unconditionally in the ways that we've been describing i suppose and where does that come from what i was i was waiting to say why why do we think why do we think that is why is that the case um why i i some of it i think goes back to our childhood mm -hmm. you look at family structures and um your childhood definitely stays with you um and i think for and actually this would be really interesting i was going to say it wasn't what I was going to say I think it'd be quite interesting to see here Tony's perspective on it I think how we parent our daughters is very different from how we parent our sons mm -hmm. I only have daughters so I can only but I I know from hearing others who have both sexes of children and the experiences of people who you know thinking back to their childhood know that those that had brothers for instance had they had a much more free much more freedom much more um ability to to be who they were whereas with their daughter with that as a daughter you you're you're much more protective and that potentially is coming from a place of fear I don't know but Tony speak on it <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to say I'd probably be guilty in what you've said in terms of um I, I know there are differences definitely between the freedom afforded to my eldest son as opposed to the lack of freedom I afford my daughter. Um, and I'd also agree with the fact that a lot of that is born out of, of a fear. Um, you know, you do, you worry more about girls and things happening to them and um, 
so yeah it's definitely not equal in the sense of um, things that they've allowed to do and there's several complaints about that and he's like well in your house yeah (laughs) but at the end of the day and I don't know how this would ever change rightly or wrongly she is at more risk in my eyes to go out you know on her own wandering around than I felt like my son was so I don't really know how to get around that so yes guilty as charged but don't really know what to do about it <laughs> but I think the layer on top of that is not only 88% of, of moms admitting that they treat their daughters differently than their sons so that you're being treated differently in all the ways you've just described but actually they they all mothers are also twice as likely to be more critical of their daughters than their sons so when you think about what mm-hmm. What is being framed and created in the mind and the um, self-belief of a young woman versus Mm -hmm. a young man um, and how those, how that mindset then then translates into how she then relates to other women moving Mm -hmm. forward, because the, the critique that you have, so let's just go to something simple, like what, what they might be wearing. Would you, would you, would you agree that perhaps you may have less to say about what your son is going out the house in than what your daughter is going out the house in? Yeah, a hundred percent. And again, down to the fact that, you know, I can't say it all because, you know, boys wear lots of different things these days, I'm realising. But I say generally speaking, my sons will be going out and for, for want of a better word, they're not going to be displaying any... Um, assets that may or may not attract unwanted attention so it's a protectiveness so yes then there is more there, there, I guess it, you are then more critical it can come across as critical but it's probably born very much out of a fear because you just know how hard it is I know as a woman you know how hard life can be and you're almost trying to prepare so it's, it is horrible now that you're making me think about it because it's almost like you're beating the cat, not beating, I don't physically beat, but I mean, mentally beating out a lot of the free spiritedness maybe that could be there mm-hmm. out of fear mm-hmm. and you're trying to protect them. Protecting through to fear. Be, yeah, yeah. To, be, to be fair, that's what I was about to say, to be fair to you, there are valuable reasons why, you know, you're not just doing it out of nowhere. There are valuable mm-hmm. reasons for you for you to be protective. And the, whatever that is, whether it's coming from fear or, or, or wanting to control or whatever, it's, it's valuable, it's valued and understood why. Um, I mean, I think that's, you were saying you don't know how, what to do, but I think we, we will change that only when society changes its idea that the woman is responsible for somebody else's opinion of them or the woman is carrying the I think until we until we have those honest conversations about she she needs she needs to be um responsible where she walks when she goes whatever and until we have the conversations about well he needs to be responsible about how he how he Mm -hmm. behaves etc etc those are the kind of conversations I think and I hope are starting to happen now but I think in the in the context of this conversation our mothers are the first women in our lives that's the first female relationship and so it therefore informs 
your other the way that you relate with other females and it's not that you're beating out the free (laughs) the free free spiritedness but equally it is teaching us as women how to relate to each other and it's teaching men also our boys and our sons how to relate to to other females in their lives etc etc so it's um yeah I, I don't know that's just just a just a thought just a thought yeah and I think the, the pain that mothers pass on to their daughters is something that we really rarely um have the opportunity to then discuss as adults so now as adult women you know we can pr- potentially look back retrospectively on our childhood and see examples of those because we, we talk about because you know, your mother is the first is the first female relationship you have is absolutely correct but I think there's a lot of focus on the father-daughter relationship because again if you, and, and even as I'm just thinking about it just thinking mm-hmm. how patriarchal that is because what we're concerned about is your your, your daughter's notion of how to love how to be loved and how to be treated by a man is 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 based on his relationship with it. and i'm not saying that's that's a wrong thing because it's absolutely true and there are some real detriments to a woman's uh, perception of her own self-worth how she how she loves herself and how she expects to be treated if she has had a poor experience of mm-hmm. a relationship with her father i'm not saying that that is not the truth um however that is really the focus that we tend to have is making sure that that relationship so that she has a strong a strong premise of how to be how to relate to a man how a man should mm-hmm. relate to her based on that father-daughter relationship and actually it's equally if not more so important that that relationship you have with your mother mm-hmm. is going to inform how you mother your own children potentially mm-hmm. how you relate to women in your future life both uh, male and female but how you relate to yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah and I think it's the distrust the distrust keeps kind of coming through and not maybe it's not just distrust but the second guessing and questioning of yourself it comes out of those early relationships right it comes out of those early relationships from your your mother or your father um but you know we're talking about them though what's that sorry are we able to address them we can if we know that they're there if we don't know, then we can't address them. If we're not prepared, yeah, it has to be acknowledged. If we're not prepared to, to dig into those, um, those parts of ourselves that are less than ideal or there's so much of, and listen, we're not trying to change the world, but, uh, but we are trying to change the world. Um, but I think, you know, there's so many times you might hear things, well, that's just how I am. Well, the questions, the questions of why are you that way sometimes that's where it starts isn't it you start questioning where so you can you can address them you can understand them and be compassionate with other people because of your understanding of yourself you know so I think maybe perhaps Mm. yeah perhaps just in thinking about things girls Hmm? we're covering a few things here we are covering a few things Uh, one other point I just wanted I just came to my mind in terms of um, both the relation the mother-daughter relationship and how that informs and influences how we then work with them but I think this particularly with black women again that strong black woman Mm -hmm. mentality of having to be 
you know all those things that come with that you know. <laughs> uh, and and whether that is almost a an armor too thick that, that that in itself creates a barrier to relating effectively with other women because you mm-hmm. are trying to be this um, self-sufficient I don't need anyone I've got this myself I can do it I am an independent <laughs> woman if he likes it, he should have put a ring on it. You know, all of these, all of these things. All of these things. <laughs> you know, so you 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 almost creating this avatar of independence that needs nobody else, man or woman. And so if you if you take so if you've taken so much time to create this I I got this facade, where is there space in there for you to need somebody else, regardless of who that is? And particularly, mm-hmm. I think. If you you can you can almost see the space for a male, so you have that romantic relationship space because yeah, I can be a strong black woman, but I can I can allow you know a man to be by my side in on my terms. Mm-hmm. But where is the space in there for the vulnerability that we were describing that we find so nourishing in the female relationships? Um, if yeah. If you if you have no need of anything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think I think that's one of the the um, the biggest lessons for me over the last couple of years for sure is that actually the most healing and nourishing part of of um, the last healing journey that I've been on has been my sisterhood has been the tried and true has been those sisters that um, I could put down the armor. I was able to just be my whole self because you cannot be your whole self with everybody. You just can't. It's just not, it's not a healthy thing to do, but in, in being able to do that and being able to find the spaces where you can be vulnerable, no questions asked, no expectation and no judgment of your vulnerability from there, you can, you can kind of, you can kind of build. And I think that we've, I've, I know I've certainly learned, learned that, the benefits of female it's so healing it is so healing to be in a space where you are seen where you are understood and where you are heard and able to be your whole self and so I I hope what we've been able to share today is it's been of some benefit has it been a benefit to you Tones? Yeah food for thought gems dropped (laughs) gems dropped gems dropped that we really hope to do with Beyond Purpose is to continue to create those spaces, both virtually and hopefully uh, in person in the not too distant future where we can foster those types of relationships. And while I don't know that you will all be as fortunate as to have tried and true circle, I, we, I, we're not, mm. there's going to be no vacancies on the tried and true uh, board. Um, <laughs> but I think there is, there's always opportunities for you to create those in your own circles of, of friends, family, that sisterhood, um, those principles of sisterhood that can be um, forged. And we, we hope to start some of those in the very near future. And we will be inviting you along to share in those spaces with us. Yeah, we, we lost you a little bit there, Neat, but I, I think we heard that we heard the majority of it. So we were inviting you to be part of, of our conversation, definitely the Be On Purpose conversation. Um, and I really hope, and I have, I have to say, I have, look, I have seen a, sur- a, 
a surge of, of sisterhood support. So find your tribe, find your tribe. And um, we're talking about female relationships now, but I know that there is also benefit I've seen of male to male relationships. All of them are the same premise. Allow each other to be vulnerable and the connections that you need will be healing. They will be nourishing. I promise you, you will not regret it. So as always, we love to hear from you. Please contact us. We're available on our podcast platform, which is Anchor. And, um, and we'll have all of, the, all of the things in the notes below. Leave us a voicemail on, on our Anchor voicemail if you would like to be part of our conversation, which we hope you are. Email us. Um, keep connecting with us on Instagram. And soon we'll be on all of the socials. All of the socials. All of the socials. Um, but just for now, we're going to wrap up. I have been Gail. I've been Anita. I have been Tony. And we, and have, we have been, been on, purpose. on Purpose. Thanks Bye for, for listening. Bye.